Welcome to episode 133. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with a very, 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 very special guest. Probably our most intimate, personal episode we've ever had. We talked about the network there. Uh, we had Sarah Marie, Sarah Jackson, Sarah Marie Jackson. What do you want? All of those things. Sarah Marie Sarah Jackson. Oh, and she's also on the intro. Wow. Uh, Sarah is the producer, operations, sales, logistics, how many more things do you do for the spec network besides everything? All of the things. All of the things. Uh, we talk about Sarah's background, what it's been like uh, working to spec and then working in spec, producing and running a podcast network. So for people that have been asking about how this is going, uh, we can ask this. all those questions. Yeah, designing this thing you're listening the to now. Design details of design details. Yes. And the other five shows we have. And the other three blogs. Yeah, this was a very fun episode. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And everyone's about to hear a lot more. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsor for making this episode possible. So every time Linda Eliason describes this company, she always does it the same way. She goes, it's like bueno, but without the B. Bueno. But it's also bueno. We know. Bueno. We know. We know. Bueno is... U-E-N-O. A killer design agency here in San Francisco with offices in New York and Iceland, but their team here in San Francisco is rad and we love them and we get to hang out with them and you can too. Uh, They're sponsoring this podcast because they want to support us, but they want you to know that they exist and there's a few things they're doing. First, go to their website, wayno.co, that's U-E-N-O dot C-O. Check out their work. It's super rad. It's very inspiring. Go to their dribble page. It's pages on pages of inspiration. Watch them break that grid. Second, if you're in San Francisco or the Bay Area or you need a getaway, come hang out. Uh, They do a happy hour every Friday night. 5.30 to 7.30. Definitely come join us at the happy hour. And finally, if you need a job, if you're looking for the new thing in your life, Wayno is hiring. They're also looking for a design intern for 2017, already looking for next year. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, uh, we can't recommend their team and their culture and their company and their work enough to learn more, go to wayno.co. Uh, again, just check out their work, see what they're up to, and then click that careers link in their header. Tell them we sent you. Uh, and again, come say hi. If you're ever in the area on a Friday night, we would love to see you at their happy hour. Yeah, do that. It's really fun. So thank you once again to Wayno for making this episode possible. And with that, let's get into episode 133 with Sarah Marie. Sarah Jackson. something. Cerberus. Serb. Hello. My name is Sarah, and I work at Spec Network <gasps> as the producer of Spec Network. I have a co-producer. I can't take all of the credit. <laughs> Her name is Roxy. <gasps> Roxy? She is the best dog in the world, mm. and I love her. That was a good intro. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on? <sighs> What am I working on? Okay, what am I working on right now? Gosh, I've got a couple of projects that I'm working on. Uh, but day-to-day stuff, I'm usually heads down on my computer editing editing away. I do nine shows a week. So, yeah. Only nine? So, I thought it was like 11. <laughs> I'm giving you so much credit. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> 10 soon, so we'll see. Wait, and, and then we're in negotiations for an 11th. Yeah. So it's going to be 11, but right now it's nine. So the majority of my day is spent doing that or talking to sponsors, 
or talking to hosts. What are the two projects? Mm. We probably can't talk about one. We can talk about the other because it's it's happening. Okay. Yeah, but I can talk to you about the other. It doesn't have a title, but I can tell you the basis of it, the premise. It's going to be about starting a small business, marketing it, and getting your finances together. A podcast? A podcast. Oh. Yeah. Hosted by Brett Kelly and Andrew Carroll. Mm-hmm. CPA Andrew. CPA Andrew. Yep. Uh, Andrew now goes by the term CFO. Oh. He is a CFO for hire. And Brett Kelly is a marketer who writes books. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a new podcast on the Spec Network. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And it's ramping up pretty soon here. We've got a couple little things we need to figure out still. Like music, yeah, show art. Yep. Just like the last details. That takes it. so long. Yeah, they take forever. <laughs> it takes yeah. it takes a little while. These are the but hardest we'll parts. It. But they've already seen in demos. They're so good. They're like it's it's really entertaining and it's stuff that people like as designers, as developers, we don't necessarily need to know these things. It's not in our best interest to spend a lot of time on them. So these guys are really, really good at explaining them for people like us. They spend a lot of time working with clients like us. Right. This is going to be the seventh podcast on the seventh. Seventh. Yep. seventh. Number seven. Crazy. Yeah. How's it been going? Like, so you're working full time on the spec network now. Mm-hmm. How is it? It's stressful. It's stressful. It's hard. It's hard going from the security of a job that pays you every two weeks a consistent amount of money to going into a job where you do not get that security and you kind of have to go out and find your own money. Uh-huh. But at the at the same time, it's freeing. Mm-hmm. I love being able to go out and feel like I earned every penny of what I'm making. Whereas in my past jobs, when it was like a nine to five job where I was basically sitting there, I felt like a drone. I felt like I wasn't doing anything. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. I like felt a like cog I cog in the machine. Yeah, I felt like I didn't earn mm-hmm. my money at all. And so I would go home at the end of the day and feel miserable. Or I would go home at the end of the day and I would just work out to just feel something. Work well, out till I crashed. We should back up a little bit because you have done a few things before spec. We should start a little bit earlier. So you're from... Nope, she was born spec. <laughs> <laughs> born into spec. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Minnesota originally, yeah. but I bopped around a lot as a kid. Uh-huh. So I'm, I basically say I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> Works. Yep. And you're on this show called Design Details. Do you consider yourself a designer? Gosh, Brian, that's a hard question. Is it? I consider myself designer adjacent. Orthogonal is the new term. You might say orthogonal. (laughs) Yeah. I consider myself an or Yeah. I love it. I consider myself an orthogonal designer. Because you have orthogon. Well, you have to listen to us talk about design stuff for this hours shit. every week, right? Like, yeah. And then you've been sort of surrounded by this culture uh, with our friends as well for a long time. Yeah, it's really cool. I feel like I learn more about people in general when I get to edit all the shows. Now, okay, you have to forgive me because... I don't remember a goddamn thing from the majority of the episodes that I edit because (laughs) it is not active listening when when you're editing. You're listening for technical events, not like content. Right. 
every once in a while, I will let my mind wander. Uh, there was one episode. It was the the Vicky episode. Vicky, Vicky Tan. Tan. Yeah. It was her episode. She had a story about when she was in um, she was in school and she was doing a study mm-hmm. on people getting drunk. And I was like sucked into that story a little yeah. bit more. So I kind of like let my mind wander there. But the majority of the time, it's very technical. So if someone asked me, like, do you remember this part of this show? I'm like, nope, I could listen to it again. And then maybe <laughs> honestly, people like are in the side team like, oh, I really enjoyed this part. I'm like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, that's the thing. It's this weird phenomenon because we record it and we have the conversation and it's hard to remember sometimes because I feel like while we're doing this, there's a few other things going on in the back of our minds. Remember very specific things. And we're we're setting yeah. up for questions a lot of the time. Yeah. Which you, is a hard thing. You spend time setting you up questions. Listen. You spend time thinking about. I don't know, like in the back of my head when I'm recording things, it's like, how will this sound as the final product and how can we guide it one way or another? How does this segue into the next thing? But you know, the other interesting thing, because you're editing and listening for specific things. When I do the show notes, I, I'm sure I miss a lot of links, but I, I am in a mindset of I'm not actually listening to the thing itself. I'm just listening for references to nouns that I- Entities. Entities. Like mm-hmm. I played it at 2X and just listen for anything that sounds like a URL or a person or a company. And then throw that in the show notes like really quick. Yep. And yeah. as a result, <laughs> you don't really remember a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, that's how you have to do it. Otherwise, I think you would lose your mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are times where I'll go back and I will like re-listen to an episode. I think I re-listened to, I've re-listened to a handful of them just because I remember thinking they were so cool. Um, or the stories were really neat or their background was really interesting. So, I mean, Vicky Tan is one of them. And then the Hood Sisters, I went back and listened to theirs because mm-hmm. I really liked their story. Um, Linda Eliasson's is great. Multiple. Well, the first one she the did. The first one, yeah. Uh, Meatwad Flip Flops. That's the one. Yeah. I also like, okay, can we talk about that real quick? Because I really enjoy getting to find the title. That's yeah. like my favorite thing. Like, it's the best. Oh, yeah. We should mention that. Sarah... Picks most of the titles, right? Make most of the titles, yeah. Yeah, for uh, for, for most of the shows, shows yeah. yeah. I mean, every once in a while, people will change something. Like, I know Marshall's changed a lot of the titles on Vicarious mm. because he's got an ear for it or he's like... But he asked all of us. Yeah, he's very into it. He really wants to, like, contribute in that way, but... Um, They're consistently hilarious. There's yeah. usually lots of options. Yeah, but, like, Bryn will find some for Immutable, especially, that are, like, way better than what I would choose. I would say 90% of all the design details titles are yours, though. Same for Immutable. A lot yeah. of them are yours. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. And sometimes I'll forget. Like, sometimes yeah. I'll just have weeks where I am focused more on, like, the technicalities and not so much in hearing those, like, funny little right. words or, like, mashups or whatever people <laughs> say. Um, Title designer Sarah Marie. Yeah, it's, there you go. I <laughs> so guess. I am a designer of sorts. <laughs> Production designer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. That's like one of my favorite things to do, especially when you get one that's really, really good and you feel really good about oh, it. Oh, man. What, what is one of your favorites yeah, that you came up with? Trying to think. Very Thinking is one that stands out to me. That was recent. That was immutable. Yeah. Markdown and Daydream. Yep. Monster pile. <laughs> Monster pile. I was, was just really looking good. at the list of those words and I was just like, these are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of fun with those. Uh, gosh, I really liked Meatwad flip flops. I thought that was awesome. Because mm-hmm. who the fuck says that? Linda Eliason, that's who. Well, they're non sequiturs, right? Like, that's the yeah. whole point. 
There's so many. There's like people are just cool. People are so cool. Uh, and they say, and you yeah. like, learn and you learn new terms and you learn new words a lot of the time. Um, it's fun getting to feel like I actively get to make something. You have like complete ownership over it too. Yeah. Yeah. You produce all of the things. Yeah. Too. Well, it's and I don't and I don't mean to say that to feel uh, to sound like I'm patting myself on the back or anything, but I come from a background where I was someone who wasn't respected. I was somebody who was like just throwing things and put in a box and told for whatever reason, this is, you can't do this certain thing. Like this is your job. This is what you were hired for. Uh, and I realized after doing this, that the thing I was missing in all of those jobs through like desk jobs or waitressing or whatever I did was I wanted to, I wanted to make something, mm -hmm. you know? And so like getting us getting started on this and just helping out with like design details to start with was it it helped me like fill that gap. Yeah. That I that I had for so long. Um making things that people use slash consume feels really, really good. It feels amazing. I I feel like I get a slice of what designers feel when they build something or mm -hmm. what engineers feel when they build something. Cause you can say like that I can say like that episode. I did that episode. But yeah, I mean, like you guys recorded it. Have you guys it, heard but... what the raw material was? That was <laughs> shit. <laughs> really I raw. made it really awesome. Yeah, but I like, but yeah. I put time into like polishing it yeah, and yeah. and like giving it my all and and putting it out there mm -hmm. too. So often I would work on things and they nothing would come of them or I or, or I just didn't get I just didn't get that support that I needed to like make it happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's the really great thing about working here too. It's it can be really frustrating, and it can be really hard, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun because at the end of the day, I know like I know Paul has my back. I know Sean has my back. I know like he, Brian and Bryn, they both have my back. Ev everybody on the team is like supportive of each other, and there's no there's there's no competition for like promotions. There's no like there's politics, no politics right? really, and it's oh, it's so nice. Wait, what do you mean? There's no promotions, <laughs> guys. Brian. Yeah. Wait, what? Brian, I'm sorry, you're still an intern. Shit. Yeah. I don't. I don't have to like go to the boss and say like I think I deserve a promotion and this is why. <laughs> because that would involve literally having a discussion like this, <laughs> but there are no bosses. We're all just like, well. That sounds good. <laughs> well, I guess we're doing that thing. Can't uh, do any of it without you. Of of the uh. three um, spec co-founders, who's the most uh, annoying? Oh my god, Bryn. Hmm. Of the three spec <laughs> co-founders, is that because you have to deal with me more? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just because I can't get away from you. <laughs> literally can't i have to sleep in the well, same place that makes me sound super creepy <laughs> should we set context here for anyone who doesn't well, know now that you said that for anyone who doesn't know sarah and Bryn are married mm -hmm. well until been, sunday and have been for five years until sunday and yeah. then that's when our five-year lease is up and that's it i have to say this story as to why we started saying that so when we moved out here I guess before that, even Long before, before that, like, like the first year of our marriage. Yeah. The first year of our marriage, I guess we had 
a lot of people just give us weird expressions when we said we were married. They'd they'd be like, "Oh wow, you're really young," or "Oh wow, that's crazy." And I'd say, "Yeah, I know." Really young. And I'd say, "Yeah, I know. I think it's crazy we too." We got married at what twenty one? Yeah. And I'd say, yeah, I know. I think it's crazy too, but it's okay. It's a five-year lease. It's a starter marriage. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's our starter marriage. And um, we only get to have that joke for the next three days. So Yep. I was getting hired at a bakery and I told that story to the guy who was going to hire me. And he goes, smart girl. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you got the job. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> All right. So now the context has been set. You and Brenda are married, but we've we've jumped ahead. So you're from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk about your hometown claim to fame. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm from a really small town in Minnesota. It's called Darwin. Darwin, Minnesota. Mm. It is the home of the world's largest hand-spun twine ball. Hand-spun. Hand-spun is key. This is key. a thing. There's another one. Not hand-spun. Machine not rolled. Hand-spun. That thing's a fucking fraud. It is. Yeah, and that is the claim to fame. And they recently uh, enclosed it, (laughs) so it is now safe from the weather. (laughs) I'm protecting it from that pesky. But no, it has like rats and shit, right? But before then, it was like just one big infestation of rats and whatever else lives in those things. Whatever else inhabits twine. I don't know. So Probably bears. Walk me through (laughs) how you got from a town prided for its ball of hand-spun twine. to a place like San Francisco? Well, I'm sure a lot of people who are from small towns have felt the same way, but leaving home is scary when when you're from a small town where everybody knows your name. Literally and everybody. She and just stares at us. And everybody's glad you She's came. She's like, it's a Cheers reference, get it? <laughs> oh, shit, that flew right over my head. You're too young, Brian. <laughs> so... So my first step to get out, because I knew I had to get out when I was in high school. I love my high school friends. I think they're fantastic. And my family's great. My brothers are awesome. I have three brothers. But but I couldn't do it. There are so many days when I was in high school that I was thinking, "This this sucks. There's so much more. I could be doing so much more. And I decided to go to school where the majority of my class was not going. Because I don't know if you guys have had this experience either, but in high school, I felt like a lot of my classmates went to the same college together. It's like mm-hmm. a click. I just, well, I went to college migrated. in my hometown. Yeah, So I true. kind of had that, I guess. But I had the same thing. Uh, high school to college is choosing between in-state or out-of-state and in-states where... I don't know, 30% of my high school class goes or something. And I just... I got down to the last day to apply and I knew the dean. (laughs) Nice, dude. (laughs) So in high school, I decided to go to Mankato State University. It is... Minnesota State University hyphen Mankato. Oh, sorry. (laughs) They changed the name the year we went there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I went to MNSU. It's an hour away from Minneapolis. Went there. Didn't know anybody. And... The weirdest thing, I go to this dorm. I have a random roommate. I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to meet new people. This is going to be fantastic. This is my year. It's literally like a roommate lottery, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, they just like draw names out of a hat and push, mash you together. The person who I got randomly assigned to, I used to ride the bus with her in middle school. <laughs> Not in this town, in one of the towns that I bebopped to. So you didn't even I, really escape. Yeah, I semi-escaped. Uh, cause I hadn't seen her since middle school. 
crazy. <laughs> but still, I mean, that was an awakening. I got there and I was like, Katie, hi. Shit. <laughs> uh, so you've changed a lot. What did you study? Uh, I studied public relations, mass communication. Interesting. What did you want to do? speech communications. Put yourself back, what, seven years ago? Yeah. Eight years ago? Yeah. What did you want to do? Uh, I didn't know. Uh-huh. When I, when I went to school, I thought I just need a degree of any sort. And mass communication seemed like the easiest thing because I'm terrible at math. <laughs> and they only required one course. Hey. <laughs> so I ended up doing PR, which was kind of cool. Um, but honestly, the classes that I got the most out of were sociology classes. So like human interaction, interpersonal communications, uh, family interactions, like a lot of human centric conversations, Right. reading rooms, understanding or trying to understand why people do the things they do. Yeah. So at this point you'd gotten out of your hometown, not, but you're still in Minnesota. This was like three hours away from your hometown, right? Yeah. Was there, did, did you feel like you'd gotten far enough away? Or yeah. was there, did you feel like you still needed to go further? Uh, at that point, I felt like I had gone far enough away from, for, okay. that, for that time. Right. It was far enough away that I felt like I could go home if I had to, but I didn't know anybody there. So I had to force myself to meet yeah. new people, which was fine because when I was, I told you when I was growing up, I moved around a lot. Like that's what happened. Uh, I would move from one place to another. I'd cut off all of my friends from that place because I was never going to see them again. And then I would move to a new place and I'd meet new people and I'd find new friends. It was only one time where it was different because I had it down. I had it down to a science of how I needed to choose my friend groups, where I needed to go to find those friend groups and, um, who I wanted to interact with. So I could like scan a room and say like, I do and do not want to talk to the, these people. Only a kid who has moved a lot can do that. Yeah. That's crazy. So I was thrown off one time when I moved to Brookings, South Dakota. So I moved to Brookings, South Dakota for a couple of years. One. I But I went to a school. I went to a smaller school because Brookings is pretty big. It's got SDSU. So it's, it's a college place again. But I... Ended up Pretty going big to school. Pretty big like 20,000 people. Yeah. So I ended up going to school at a smaller school called Arlington, South Dakota. And my first day I got in and I I was in third grade then. I got in and I was like, all right. I was going through what I needed to do, who I needed to talk to, like trying to check out the girls I want to talk to and the guys I wanted to talk to to try and find some friends. And I sit down and... They just, all of them just swarmed me. Whoa. Because it's so small and everybody <laughs> knows everybody there. To a get, new human. To get a new person there was like a big fucking deal. <laughs> so, so like everybody wanted to talk to me. Everybody wanted to be my friend. Everybody wanted me to sit by them at lunch. Like, all right, usually, popular. Jesus. Usually, I know. It was the first time that that ever happened to me and I was scared. I yeah. was terrified. Well, that's weird. Because I was <laughs> like, usually I have to like fight to figure yeah, out who yeah. I need to sit by at lunch or like feel my way around a little bit with different friend groups. But this was totally different and mm. it was so nice. But yeah, and so I guess moving to Mankato and doing that by myself wasn't huge for me, but it was for my roommate and I couldn't understand it at all. 
She, she would close herself off in mm-hmm. our dorm and she would only go out if I forced her to go out somewhere. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she wanted to stay in or she wanted to talk to her boyfriend who she still had in high school, which I have a really big problem with people dating from high school and then going to college. But another but time, my brother has proven me wrong because he is marrying his high school sweetheart in June. Huh. Congratulations to <laughs> Ben and Alicia. Shout out brother high school sweethearts. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. But you ended up making it out of Mankato in the end, right? Yeah. Okay. So what happened? Uh, so I went to Mankato, ended up being friends with Bryn for a bit, and then shortly after that, started dating him. And then shortly after that, we met. We, we got were working married. recording. <laughs> wow, so linear. Actually, yeah, we met. We met while Bryn was in a recording studio. I was. Singing. I was mastering your work. Yeah. <laughs> I, holy shit. <laughs> yep. Because it's got a nice symmetry to it. Yeah. yeah. I was a performer. And I went to school for audio engineering. And so we our like paths collided. Mm-hmm. Started working at the same company. We did start working at the same company. Mm-hmm. So we worked at Taylor Corporation. I had an internship there. Taylor Corporation is like the second largest printing company in the world. Yeah. It's huge. And they have so many subsidiaries. It's insane. It's they like have like eight, 88 companies 80, or something like that. Jesus. plus subsidiaries. It's insane. And they all use acronyms. It used to drive me yes. crazy. They're all three letters. Are those burned into your memory forever? No. Like if you ever worked at a... But if someone mentions them, I will remember them. Yeah, it's like if you work at a grocery store and you have to remember all the codes for produce, that shit gets like burned into your brain. I do still remember mail codes. I worked in the mailroom at this company in yeah. high school. Isn't it weird? That shit yeah. you remember? It's like that and then one or two weird phone numbers and then mm-hmm. nothing else really. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hm. It's right. crazy. So you guys, you were married and you ended up at the same company. What was that like? I was in the marketing department doing online wedding invitation retail. Whew. That's a mouthful for a couple of companies <laughs> for Bed Bath and Beyond, for Don invitations, invitations by, by Don Anne's Bridal Bargains, Michaels, David's Bridal, David's Bridal. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool because we got to go into the printing area every once in a while, and the coolest thing was watching the laser printer. Uh-huh. Oh, oh my god! I know the URL of a video of Sarah talking about these things no, in front of the don't. camera. Please do not share. <gasps> No, it's so bad. Please don't. Okay, go for it. But anyway, Link so it's a bad video. So, so Sarah, yeah, you were buying ads. It's terrible. I was working on the websites of these companies. So we spent a, a pretty good amount of time in meetings together. How yeah. long did that go go on for? Oh, uh, we did that for two years. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then what? after, and then after two years, how would you describe this? I'm going to divert to Bryn. We moved to story. Minneapolis. So we took like basically a year in Minneapolis where we basically cut ourselves off from friends and worked 24 hours a day doing whatever we could to figure out how we were going to like move forward. And then a roofing company came along and we're like, we need a website. Like, okay, we're going to start a design company. So we started our own little studio. Just you two started a a studio? We started a little design firm called Pixel Fox. Mm. We had Roxy at the time. Our dog looks like a fox. Mm-hmm. But this is the joke. We had one client. I think we might have had two. I think I think we made like three decent like accounts. And so I think over the course of the like nine months that we did it, we made I don't know, like twenty, thirty thousand dollars. It was like not a big deal for over the course of the year. We like worked our asses off and made like nothing for yeah, it basically. Yeah. yeah. We like Crazy. killed ourselves over this thing and just failed utterly. Yeah. It was we, 
it was a pretty hard lesson. And we tried to turn it into an app business. We like brought in a couple of iOS developers yeah. and tried to make like a thing out of it. We tried to start doing uh, WordPress themes. We tried doing a bunch of stuff. It was really hard. Holy crap. Yeah. It was insane. It was yep. And we failed and it sucked. When did you decide that it wasn't working? When we moved here. <laughs> no, it had to have happened before that. No, did we you move decided here? before that that it was failing. Uh, uh, we, over over the course of a couple of nervous breakdowns, we realized that it was not it was not a good fit. It was not a good fit for us, and it was not a good fit for me, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was still working is, this company. Yeah. Oh, and Bryn was still working as a designer at this comp at the uh, Taylor Corporation. Holy crap! Okay, ninety miles away. So I would I would commute down two or three days a week work in the office and then the rest of the time I'd I'd just be up like 20 hours a day or something insane like that. Yeah, it was it was not great. It was not healthy, but we learned a lot and learned that client work is very hard mm-hmm. and communication is very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you can learn from it, then you can get better at it. And I think that's What's really helped me, especially in this job and working with the different hosts and having that constant communication and just always letting them know what's happening or like what's going on or what I need from them or if something changes, it's just, it's better, it's better. And trying to not be afraid of conflict is another thing. That's something I struggle with too. It's yeah. really easy early on, especially if you've had an education in design, to think that you are going to educate the client on how design works, but you have to understand how their business works to actually yeah. work with them. So it, it feels like you want it to go and be a one-way street, but it just doesn't work that way at all. And that's something we learned really quickly. And it was just the hardest lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that my biggest takeaway from it was not being afraid of conflict. What do you mean by that? I used to get really nervous around people when they would confront me about something. And I still struggle with it sometimes. But it was a rude awakening. And I can't remember the specific story. It was just one of those things that was like a Mm -hmm. slow learning. But I just woke up one day and I said, enough. You can't can't keep avoiding conflict. People are always going to question you. Like, brain is relentless. But you just got to get through it. You just got to get through it. And you have to explain yourself. And you have to be okay being wrong. You have to be okay letting people be right, too, and listening. I think listening, too, was really big. What I found is that going into any sort of high-tension interaction with someone, because you know that it's going to be a conflict, if you like approach it with a, man, I don't even know how to articulate it. It's like if you have this pure intention mindset where you assume that the other person's not trying to hurt you and you're not trying to hurt them, mm-hmm. you end up usually I've found like coming to a pretty quick agreement, like realizing that the other person isn't attacking you, right? The alternative is to go into it, putting up a wall and trying to be defensive, like preparing for this bombardment. Yeah. And then you can catch other people off guard if you're like, oh, let's talk about it. I'm ready to, I'm ready to be proven wrong. It is easy to put people in a place of, they know a lot more than I do as well. And then you kind of back off of all your arguments when maybe they're important. Humans are hard, basically. Yeah, humans are really hard. Um, And it turns out not everybody is the same and not everybody reacts to certain phrases that you use the same or certain mannerisms the same. It's it's 
It's all a puzzle. It's all some a puzzle. Some people don't get Cheers references. Some yeah. people don't get comic book references. <laughs> you got to pick and well, choose people. What's a comic book? Got to pick and choose Got to pick and choose. But it's a good thing I like puzzles. Uh, you decided to wrap up Pixel Fox and then San Francisco happened or was it the, the it was in It was in it was, San Francisco. I think it was en route. <laughs> really, we were like driving and we were like, it's done. It's done. We're done with this. Not Why? doing it anymore. Why San Francisco? Uh, well, Bryn had gotten an opportunity in San Francisco through for uh, Shop Savvy. Which actually came via Pixel Fox. That was a one like failing yeah. upward that we had. I made some icons, f- like illustrations for a website that we never actually shipped. And I showed them off to someone while I was here in town and he ended up hiring me. He's like, oh, you don't entirely suck. Like there's, there's promise. He can be taught. Mm-hmm. We were at one of those like junctures in our life where we were thinking we could stay in Minneapolis if we really wanted to, but there's not really much here for us. And Bryn has this opportunity to make something better in San Francisco. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself. Yeah. So I was like, of course, yes. That it would be dumb of me to say, no, we're staying here. We're well, obviously going on this adventure. Like the first leap was small town to Mankato, three hours. She was pretty comfortable there too. Like yeah, it was 60,000 people or something. Yeah. And that's okay. So it was bigger. It was further away out of your hometown. Mm-hmm. So then the next step was from there to across the country to the West Coast to a crazy city with a crazy culture. What was that like? Terrifying. Terrifying because when we actually got into the town, we drove all the way, moved all of our stuff. Well, the majority of our stuff to San Francisco. And then we stayed at the Cartwright Hotel. And the Cartwright Hotel is kind of at that juncture where it goes from like semi-okay to super duper sketchy and wash your back. It's <laughs> square and like the majority of the tenderloin. Oh, God. It's yeah. terrifying. So if you're on the right-hand side, you're cool, but please do not cross the street onto the left-hand side because you will probably be stabbed. Jesus. Um... That was a culture shock. It was a culture shock, yeah. So the first couple of nights we stayed at the Cartwright Hotel, I would walk, Roxy and I, because I did not want to leave her in the hotel, Yeah, we would walk to the Creamery. Uh-huh. Um, it's a coffee shop down by the Caltrain, like 4th and Townsend. I would walk him down to his work, and then I would go hang out at the Creamery, and I would write, I would apply for jobs, all that stuff and just kind of hang out with the dog. And then we were still trying explore. to find a place to live too. Yeah. And I, oh yeah. And I would look for places to live. Um, yeah. Stayed there for three nights, ended up leaving there on the third night because our light turned on in the middle of the night. And I didn't know if it was us, if it was somebody else or what, I don't know what happened. It was super but creepy. I was we just woke up and the lights out. were like completely on. We're like, what happened? Holy shit. I was incredibly creeped out. And by the third night, I said, fuck this. We're out of here. Uh, so I go on Airbnb frantically looking for places. And I find this spot and I think to myself, oh, Brain's never going to go for this, but it looks awesome. And so I kind of like throw it aside and I'm like, Bryn, I can't find anything. I don't even know. And Bryn goes on there. He goes to the one I was looking at and thinking like, Bryn will never go for this. And he goes, what about this place? It looks really cool. And I think to myself, son of a bitch. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I not just tell him we should go here? But (laughs) anyway, we end up we end up calling the guy. He's super cool. He invites us over. We move in that night and he invites us out for dinner. And it was so great it was so great he was so hospitable and we stayed there for two weeks and then he offered us the room in the basement 
And our roommate moved out while we were there for our two weeks. Yeah, for our two weeks. And so then a two week Airbnb turned into two years. Crazy. Yeah. So we were in an Airbnb for two years when we first moved here. And it was tough. It was really tough. Uh, having having roommates when you're married is hard. We had about 100 square feet to ourselves for two years. Yeah. You can't have fights or you can't feel like you can have fights. You can't be loud. <laughs> yeah. You can't have fights. Uh, everyone else is going to be involved, yeah. <laughs> whether you yeah. like it or not. So now uh, we just don't even give a shit. Like <laughs> we fight in front of people. It's like... We're like, we're over it. Well, whatever. Get over <laughs> this it. This is the thing we do now. <laughs> so what did you end up doing? Well, so we moved there and I still didn't have a job, but I was looking, taking a lot of interviews, uh, not getting hired. And I finally was just, I had it. I had it. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't sit around every day. You like broke your ankle like the first yeah, month we were here too. Yeah, the first month too. It gave me time to sit down and figure out what I wanted to do because I couldn't do anything. So I applied for this job when I got better at a bakery because I'd heard they were hiring for just a front of house worker and I just needed to do something with my day. So I apply at this place, I go take the interview. They like me, they hire me. Great, I have a job. I'm working at a bakery. I'm a front of the house at a bakery selling some pastries. I really liked it at the time, but I could only do it for five months. Before I had had it. Oh, the place is called Bee Patisserie, if you want to check it out. It's really great. They do French pastries. Yeah, so I worked at this place uh, for five months, learned a lot about how to deal with upset customers when something didn't go their way. Um, but I you... fell off of a ladder, hey. which was pretty crazy. <laughs> I still have a scar. But you you only stayed there for five months. Yeah, I was there for five months. And then, and then I saw a tweet on, twi <laughs> on Twitter for... A uh, studio assistant at Mule Design. Yes, Mule Design. Yes. So this was your second studio. Yeah. So I applied for that job. Did not think I was going to get it just because I figured there were going to be a lot of other people that were applying. That seemed to be the case. I got the job and I was there for 11 months mm -hmm. before I started working at Spec. What was the, the difference you noticed going from your own studio Pixel Fox to Mule, which is pretty well known, and the founders are pretty well known in the in the community. Mike Montero, Erica Hall. Uh, what was the differences that you noticed? The differences. Well, I can start with the similarities. They dealt with the same problems we did, hey. which was super awesome. Dealing it was with encouraging, people. right? Like, I was hey, like, we don't entirely. Suck. All right, we we are not alone in this struggle. They still have to. They still have to talk, have those hard conversations about money and budgeting and why something costs as much as it does. Um, and they have to keep reiterating timeframes and what needs to happen to move forward and what they need from the client. And that's just consistent. That's just constant. It's consistent. And then even convincing clients to get work for you. It's hard. Like client work is hard work. And I admire anybody who does it well. I guess besides Pixel Fox and Way, but at this point you're at Mule and you're surrounded by design literally the entire waking day, right? Well, there was like one designer there. Uh, yeah, there were there were a couple there. So, but it's a design studio, and then yeah. you go home and yeah, hanging out with another designer. Yeah, it, well, it was kind of nice because I could actually hold. I was starting to hold more conversations uh -huh. with Bryn, and I was starting to hold more conversations with 
the mule team a little, just a little bit. They are not joking when they say they're mules. Like they're they're tough people. Mm-hmm. They're tough people, and they come from like tough backgrounds, and they worked hard to get to where they are. And all of them, they're driven. Are you interested in product design, like doing it? I wanted to do it for a while. I'd been thinking about it after I left Mule. I was thinking, thinking to myself, like, I really want to work on product. I've done client work. I know what that's all about. I know I hate it. I I want to see what product is all about. Uh huh. Well, so now we've come back to what I really want to dig into, which is transitioning out of that. Mm. So at the beginning, you said it's the structured environment. You get this paycheck every two weeks. How did this opportunity come up to? do what you do at spec full time. So we launched the podcast in January 5th. Yeah, of 2015. So four days later. And I was very angsty about it. Yeah, you were not thrilled. I was like, why? No, I'm going to spend like an extra eight hours a week. Because I was losing more time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, When you're married, you kind of want to spend time with your significant other. (laughs) Weird, right? That's untrue. Yeah. I can tell you. (laughs) That's just her. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... I'm not going to tell him he can't do something, right? If he's super into it, like he's pig-headed enough that he's going to do it anyway. When did you realize you wanted to be a part of it? I think, so I realized that I wanted to be a part of it when I saw how excited Bryn was to do this thing, but I also saw it slipping. It was doing really well. People were really into it, but he was getting really overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with all the editing. But I wanted him to keep doing it. Our first few episodes, each edit took what? I think eight hours? combined, we spent eight to 10 hours recording every single one Her and episode. putting it out. Yep. Yeah. So it's no surprise that after a few months of that, it's starting to slip, right? Yeah. And then we wanted to do two a week. Right? Yeah. So on top of like an 80 hour job. Right. Yeah. Because after, I don't know, I guess I, I joined Shop Savvy in December 2013. Uh, I had already been the only designer at Shop Savvy mm-hmm. for like three, four months when we started this thing. And it only got crazier because we were trying to get acquired. Right. And <laughs> I was also trying to edit this at night. So I'd be up till like 3 a.m. editing and be like, Brian, you want to do show notes before 8 a.m. when we release this thing? Yeah. Well, I've seen him do this before. Yeah. Uh, and I knew it was going to happen again. But the- I also knew that it was doing really well and I wanted to see it do better. Yeah. So... What did you do? So I said, hey, listen, how about you teach me how to edit this stuff so I can help you guys do what you need to do and I can feel like I'm doing something. I love it. At this point, did you have any experience doing audio production, engineering, editing? A little. You did. A little bit. Yeah. So you knew your way around the tool. I knew knew my way. I knew my way enough. She was with me for three years of audio engineering yeah. school. Uh-huh. And then like a couple summers of it and like craziness. Don't forget DJing. Working in studios, DJing. <laughs> oh my God. She helped me set up for DJing every single time for like a couple years leading up to our uh, yeah. our marriage. So, so I knew a little so you, bit. Yeah, I you knew, knew you knew you had this, a little bit of this background that you could bring in. Yeah. Uh, so I just started doing it. I said, show me the basics. I want to do this stuff. And then I dove in and I think I did Koi Vin's episode was uh-huh. my first one that I yeah. did. No judgment if you've heard that one. Um, well, that was a tough. hard episode. That was, was, a, a, that was a, a tough episode. That was a big episode too. That was one of three we've done over Skype. Yeah. Is that Allison House, Chrissy Tillman and uh, Cap Watkins oh, we also did. Fifth. Yeah. Yep. Fifth. Kenneth Bowles. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good memory. Yeah. So I started doing that. Really liked it. 
said, give me more, give me more, give me more. And then, yeah, I just started doing it more and more. And then Jonathan came on with developer T and I started doing his stuff too, because he didn't have time. And what was that moment like where you decided that, okay, this is what I'm going to do full time. At that point, we weren't making really much money, but you decided to quit your job anyways. What was that like? It was terrifying. Yeah. It was terrifying, but I knew I had to do it because I realized that I couldn't go anywhere with my job that I had at the time, but I knew I could take spec to another level. I knew I could do it, or at least I could help. If I couldn't do it myself, I was going to help you guys do it. So I, so I quit. I said, I'm just going to throw it in. I'm just, fuck it. I can get another job. I can get another job. We moved out here with nothing. I got a job at a bakery for five months, and then I got this. If I can get this, I can get another yeah, one. Yeah. It'll be fine. And here we are, what, a year and something later it's not even a year not even a year like she quit in august yeah i quit last in august year. of last year so it's year. been eight months yeah so i did it at nights yeah mm-hmm. for a few months and then in august i quit my day job mm-hmm. and i started doing spec mm-hmm. full-time and you were already selling all of our sponsorships was, for us and everything yep, i was it's not just the sponsorships. You yeah. yeah operations production <laughs> sales <laughs> everything spec ceo sarah jackson seriously <laughs> uh, no but but it was fun. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And I felt good doing it. And I felt like I got a lot out of my day. And I got to produce something at the end of the day. And I got to see people's comments of like the episodes and if they liked them and if they hated them. And I wanted to be better. Yeah. It was the first time that I've ever worked on something and said, I want to be better at this. That feels good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like marketing or management. Right. Uh, it's It feels well, like you're building the thing rather than supporting it right there's a tangibility to it you can hear when something is good yeah immediate feedback yeah yeah right and and not getting defensive when i hear feedback from listeners or Mm -hmm. people in the community hard when they come down on you yeah it is but at the same time i mean they're right most of the time they're right sometimes they're not most of the time they are you joined spec full-time in august uh how many shows did we have then three two yeah, two. Still yeah, two? Developer team and design details, yeah. Less than a year later, we're working on seven. What's that ramp up been like going from from two to now seven in addition to... The Slack team launched in August. It's the Slack team. It's But it's, again, not just a production. It's now it's also sales for those. It's operations for those. It's logistics mm-hmm. for those of getting them up and running. Mm-hmm. What's that been like? It is terrifying yeah <laughs> i'm noticing a pattern <laughs> everything is terrifying and you just fucking do it i yeah, love it because I, I can't think about it if yeah. i think about it too much then i'm gonna talk myself out of it if i just dive in and i just do it then i'm fine nothing can but stop I over, you right but i overthink things way too often i can always back out of it that's the thing is i can always cycle back and say yeah. well that was a little too much help me please um but so far, it's been fine. So far, I've been able to say, I know my limits or, hey, I need to hustle or, hey, I need to figure out a faster way to do X so that I can like get more of Y. That's been the hardest thing lately is we, we basically have to like automate things to make more time for you so we can do more shows. Like that's mm-hmm. that's like the limiting factor, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yep. you, you've had some really awesome help. You've had people like teach you stuff that you couldn't have learned from me because yeah. I didn't know it. Shout out to Kristen Martin. Yeah, she's been podcasting for nine years, or she's been producing podcasts for nine years. She also does music and a bunch of other stuff, and she's like a powerhouse. But mm-hmm. 
she hit me up on Slack one day and said, hey, your stuff is great, but it could be better. So we got coffee and we talked about it and just got real. It was real talk. And it was awesome because I'd never had that before. I've never had someone say, hey, you're doing some stuff that's really good. Let's make it better. And then have that conversation with me. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. I mean, if anybody does have other tips or they want me to talk to them about this stuff, I'd be happy to do it too. You had your first ever design critique. Yeah, (laughs) but it was awesome. But it was pretty fun. But it was so awesome because she wasn't there to ridicule or to question me. She was just... She was. She just wanted to know, like, how are you doing your stuff right now? She had pure intention. Yeah, she's really good. She had some really good tips, helped me out a lot, and really helped me improve the production quality of the shows. It came up so rapidly after that. Like, I had no idea what you're doing, but I was like, why does it sound so much better all of a sudden? Yeah. yeah. I had no clue. I was just doing the basicest, the most basic of things. Yeah, and it was awesome. And once I started learning some of that, once I started diving in and reading reviews and tutorials and all of that stuff i just got deeper and deeper and deeper into it and started learning more about the quality of the work and how it could be better and why it is the way it is and it was cool it was exciting until after you joined at least we were spending every cent on quality like everything we could we were trying to improve the quality we're like well we want to make this an actual product that is worthwhile for people to listen to mm-hmm. so like how was that for you when you were like, holy shit, there's so much we need to spend money on to, to improve it so fast? Uh, uh, I think we got a Mac Pro, we got yeah. a bunch of recording equipment, we got brand new mics, we, we got tons studio. of software. I mean, it was all baby steps though, right? We yeah. didn't bite yeah. off more than we could chew. That's true. We had very real limitations. We have this, we have X amount of money. We need to be, we need to be cautious of it. What can we do? We didn't have an accountant at that point either. Yeah. We're like, we don't know what we're paying in taxes, but we got to do it at some point. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. So I think, I think we did it frugally. We, we improved where we needed the most improvement or where it was going to benefit us the most. Uh, and now I have some badass editing software. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I talked to a lot of people that are interested in, not a lot, a few. Uh, a few people that are interested in starting their own podcasts, um, whether it's because they've heard design details or not, it's just an interesting medium to be in. What would be your advice to to someone that's interested in something like this? Because I give advice, but it, I don't really know. You've never <laughs> touched you it. you actually make the podcast. You've never yeah. touched it. Yeah, I don't know. All I do is talk into a mic and sound like an idiot. Anyone can do that. Well, the first You're thing You're exceptionally would... good at that. Let's be clear. Thank you. Thank you. Instead of prescribing anything, I would probably ask them questions like, how much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so seamless. Like a lot of the time when you listen to podcasts, it sounds really easy, but it is the opposite of easy. It's very difficult and finding sponsors and all that stuff. I just helped um, another podcast get off the ground called Heroin. It's, uh, It's about women in leadership. It's a pretty cool podcast, uh, but she wanted an indie style. And I remember, I remember seeing her face when she realized that it's a lot more work than she was expecting. Uh, she just kind of got these like really like deer in the headlights. Like she looked terrified when I started telling her all the things that I do with my day. And that's kind of how it feels at first. You are kind of like deer caught in the headlights, but you have to do what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
when you first start, when you first start a podcast, it's more it's more about the content and your message than it is about the quality of the show. Interesting. You want to have a good quality show, but you have to do it in a way that's affordable. Yeah. But I think we learned pretty quickly that there's there's definitely a threshold, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the interesting thing to me because when when I talk to people about this, I feel like podcasting is unique in that the quality of the medium in which it's delivered matters almost as much as the content. Where that's not, do you think that's yeah, unique? I do. Uh, Compared it, to what we do every uh, day, the 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 one where it doesn't is writing. I think writing really, mm. yeah. You don't think like UI design. For example, uh, I look at blogs that it can have the shittiest design. I think of like, uh, you know, this is going to rub in, but like the Paul Graham's blog or. I don't disagree with you. It has shitty design. Yeah. Also shitty content, but that's a different thing. <laughs> uh, the presentation doesn't matter as much, right? Like you're reading the words, mm-hmm, you take away mm-hmm. from that a little bit. But, but when you've you're. You got to really get things that sound catchy. But when you're listening, of when quality. you're listening, the quality, it doesn't matter how good the words are. If. It's impossible to hear the person or uh, the audio is shitty or it's breaking in now or the volumes are crap. They're talking through socks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that matters a lot, but it's definitely like a threshold. There's like a a give and take to it when you're starting out. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, Yeah. And it just just work into it. Just work into it. If if it's something that's for you and you get really into it, um, then keep going for it. Keep going for it. Keep improving do it in levels like do it in increments don't mm-hmm. go for the whole don't go for everything at once mm-hmm. work your way into it yeah tell me a little bit about your vision for spec like what do you want what do you want this to be for you it's not about me though that's oh, the thing i know but i want to i want your perspective spectacular uh, <laughs> what do i want from yeah, it yeah like where do you see this going you can be honest by the way can I can I back up a step? Yes. When I first started doing this full time, I said to myself, "All right, Sarah, your goal with this is to make it for a year, just one year of doing this, and you got to make this thing work." And so I pushed myself and I got myself to do it, and I'm not quite a year. Getting there. Getting there. Nine months. Not quite a year, but that was my goal going into it. And then I said, "Whatever else happens after that happens. It doesn't matter. Don't think about it because you don't have to yet." Um, now that I'm coming up on my year, I, I have started thinking about it a little bit, knowing what we can do in a year with Mm. the network. Where do I see this thing going? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the glaring, the glaring thing that we need to work on are getting more females onto the podcast network. And that's not as, as that as guests, it's as hosts. Yeah. We have one female host, and yeah. that's you. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. Vicarious podcast. What's up? I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna plug Vicarious right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the one glaringly obvious thing that we need to improve on is just finding. We need a we need a female voice. Mm-hmm. We need a stronger female voice in the space. Uh, I can't do it by myself. Um, but that being said, I mean, we don't have a lot of diversity. Yeah. There's a period. Yeah. There's a diversity joke in general that is like, what do you call a group of like three 20 year old white men? A podcast. Yeah. I and mean, we're we have, not really succeeding in that area. That's something we really want to improve on. Yeah. It's, it's easier said than actually done. Well, it turns yeah. out. 
Yeah. But it's, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's not particularly Im- difficult. Yeah. And but we, it's we not are impossible. working on it. But it's, yeah. yeah. We've been it's working on it for a year. It is, you know what? It is something that's on our radar. Uh, and it is something that we're actively trying to improve yeah. on. We thought we were going to launch with female hosts. Like, yeah. we spent a lot of time on this. Yeah. If anybody is interested in starting it or even interested in talking about starting it, be totally willing to have that conversation with, love to have that conversation with you. I think that's a very, very good thing that we need to work on. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great goal for us. How has it been working on live stuff? Oh, that is definitely an area I need to improve on. Yeah. That meat space. You were live producing at our live show at GitHub yeah. a month ago. Yep. Uh, like literally next to the stage on your computer, mixing and mastering as we went. Well, making not sure, mixing and mastering, well, but just I don't know the levels. term. I don't know the term. <laughs> mixing, not mastering. Voluming, yeah. mixing, doing. Voluming. Turning, <laughs> turning knobs. Nice and job sh- voluming. Shit like that. Uh Despite yeah. my bad microphone. Yeah. So it's like a whole new realm, right? Yeah, it is. It's something I've never worked in before. I learned a lot during that experience. Um, most of it was, hey, dummy, maybe do a mic check with your <laughs> with your guests maybe before you start. Maybe that would be a, a prudent thing to do. Mm-hmm. Dummy being <laughs> Bryn, me, no, who set up all the microphones. No, dummy being me. Like uh, I should have been the one to say, like we should definitely do definitely do this we checked them one at a time with brian's voice <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you want to do you like doing the live show or do you like the post-production on your own normal recorded episode thing i would definitely take on the challenge of doing more live shows more live shows yeah good how, how do you feel about the video projects we're working on yes okay so those i'm really excited to learn because i've always loved movies and i've always loved the idea of knowing what it takes to put one together and i haven't done it as much I did it in high school a little bit, like just dabbling around, like that was fun. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to actually get to work with some uh, equipment that does a good job of it. Mm-hmm. We just bought some some video equipment. I know. It's pretty exciting. I know. It's going to be fun. So video stuff, audio, being on a podcast, uh-huh. sales, uh-huh. operations. Uh-huh. Making us all actually get stuff out on time. Yeah, kind of being <laughs> cracking the whip when people don't get me their stuff on time. Or how yeah. how far can you go? What's your bandwidth like? This seems insane. Uh, it it gets a little crazy sometimes, but it's but it's it's fun. I love doing it. Um, I can take on comfortably two more shows onto my schedule. And then we need to figure out some yeah, tricks yeah. to make it easier. So that'll be. But until then, I'm cool. So when we hit podcast number eight on the Spec Network, everyone listening will know that Sarah has hit her limit. Her limit. <laughs> and we're she trying to maxed. desperately figure shit out for nine and ten and eleven. She and 12. is maxed out. Oh my god! And but, then there's three blogs. And then there's three blogs and yeah. video stuff. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, I want to be very pragmatic with it. So letting the right decisions happen when they have to happen. But if I had my druthers, regard me. Regard me. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I this from a movie. <laughs> you guys would quit your day jobs and you would come work with me. <laughs> dream on, dream on, dream on. That is probably an, <laughs> that is probably an unrealistic dream, but it is still my dream. 
Or maybe it's my next goal. I pushed myself this far and I got us this far. I mean, with your help. I didn't do it by myself. But, I you. you know, you did it by yourself. It's cool. No, no problem. <laughs> I pushed it this far. Maybe, maybe I can help push it, nudge it the a extra little mile. bit more in that direction next year. No, I think the only other thing I would mention is like, please, if you have suggestions for the audio, if there's something out there that's like really bothering you and I'm not hearing it, let me know about it. Um, or if you have suggestions for the network or you want to like get involved or anything like that, just yeah. like yeah. hit me up, hit me up. I'm, I mean, we can grab coffee. We can chill. I've got a puzzle to put together. We can do that. <laughs> we can puzzle. We can. We can, we can do pause. some puzzling. <laughs> Me and Meg Robichaud did that. <laughs> that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> In general, we we treat this like a product. We take it very seriously and we take feedback very seriously. So yeah, yeah, yeah totally. It's gone a long way. Awesome. Um, where can people stay in touch with you as that starts to happen? Uh, I'm not as active on it, but you can find me on Twitter. Uh-huh. I am at Sarah Burris on Twitter. And I uh, do you respond. you can't spell it, link in the show notes. I know. You can hit me up on Slack. I'm at Sarah uh, on the spec Slack. Solid spec. username. You know what I'm pissed about? What? You my user- did you Brian do- my username Brian is Brian Lovin. Lovin. Why the fuck <laughs> did I not do at You were the, like the third person I in there. I was the third person. You know, dude. Can you change it at this point? I think someone else, surely someone else has it. <laughs> I love that you're not the first Brian. <laughs> You know, I think Jonathan is at Jake Cottrell, so. <laughs> well, okay. People can hit you up uh, at Sarah on our Slack team. That's at yeah. spec.fm slash Slack and Twitter. Yeah, and Twitter. Anything else you want to plug before you go? Um, You're on Vicarious. I am on Vicarious. You talked about nerd shit. Yep. Every Thursday. You do the best gifts in the game. Oh, I, I oh, don't. I didn't wanna, even mention that. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I love finding our gifts for when we release new episodes it is so much fun if you all follow us on twitter spec fm every time a new episode comes out sarah tweets it with the most day warming um smile inducing gif you can possibly they're truly imagine. glorious they are amazing every time i see them, i'm like holy shit how did you find that it's so <laughs> I good know. uh-huh uh-huh i've got my tricks so follow your gifts on our twitter Spec follow FM. your gifts on our twitter follow <laughs> At, is that the title? Is at, that the last statement and also the title? At Spec FM. Yeah, let's end with that. That's awesome. strong. Thanks, thanks for hanging out with us in the other room. Yeah, thanks for hey, taking the yeah. time, Sarah. Thank you, guys. That was episode 133. Thank you to Sarah for putting up with me for another hour for some reason. Yeah, geez, I can't believe that even. <sighs> Thank you, Sarah. Another hour, more like. Oh, she's in the outro. Oh, Holy God. shit. Whoa. She's everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Sarah, the for coming on. The guest is coming from inside the outro. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, this was super fun for us. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, let us know. We're on Twitter, at Design Details FM. Give us feedback in an iTunes review. That means so much to us if you have two seconds. But more to Sarah. The iTunes reviews help us move up the charts, help new designers like you find the show. And of course, uh, if you're in our Slack team, hit us up, hit Sarah up. She's at Sarah. To join that, that's at spec.fm slash 
Slack. And finally, before we go, thank you so much to Wayno for making this episode possible. Wayno is the greatest agency in the entire world. You can't beat them, so stop trying. And they're, join them. <laughs> they're amazing. You should work for them if you are already working in an agency or freelance, because honestly, what's the point in trying? Like, you will be assimilated. Uh, they're the Borg. They're an awesome Borg. You should join their Borg. And they do an awesome happy hour every single Friday night and we go to it and it's the best and they have amazing guests speak to us and give us like really awesome insight if you like design details and you live in the Bay Area go there because they'll put us to shame and it's wonderful again that's every Friday night they do their happy hour and we are so honored to have Wayno sponsor us and support us so at the very least go check them out they're at Wayno.co come to their happy hour and if you need a job click that careers link in their header and tell them we sent you Wayno is literally the best people we know no way. We know. We know. Wayno.co. U-E-N-O dot C-O. Hit the careers link. Tell them you came from us. They're the best. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week, Sarah. Thanks so much for editing. <laughs>